Okay, so today we start Love One session 100. Um, this is obviously in the home stretch to the end. Uh, we will see in sessions 100 to 106 increasing time in between uh, in between the sessions. So session 99 was just like 11 days before session 100. Session 101 actually is nearly three weeks, or more than three weeks, from session 100, so 99 to 100 is a, is about a week and a half, and 100 to 101 is about three weeks plus, and this is November 29, 1982, for session 100. Meanwhile, the contacts ended actually at um, session 106, and 106 is... <laughs> is actually two years hence, or a year and a half after. So, in fact, the last six or seven sessions took, uh, you know, what, 18 months, um, rather than um, just a month or a few weeks, which is why it was in the beginning. So, while session 100 is November, end of November 1982, session 106 is March 1984, so, um, they were increasingly spaced, um, and that was increasing stress um, and difficulties that the L&L group were experiencing. So half of this session 100 is book five commentary, and um, the other half or so discusses um, the latter cards in the cycle of mind and the tarot, great way, uh, and transforma or transformation of mind. Transformation of Mind 6 and Great Way of Mind 7. Uh, Transformation of Mind, sometimes called Lovers. We talked about it last session, 99. Great Way of Mind, Card 7, sometimes called, um, I guess that's the Chariot or Charioteer, which looks to me very similar to uh, Significator of Mind, uh, and that shows the relation between positions 5 and 7 in each cycle, where Significator, in my understanding, in some ways um, embodies or presents or manifests the function of integrating the distillation of love light or uh, learning and development uh, of mind, of body, of spirit, where all the activity of one through four is distilled and um, concentrated in significator position five that then um, <clears throat> is uh, moves out and expresses itself in the latter two positions six and seven uh, of uh, transformation and great way so uh, the tarot you know the cycle of the seven positions uh, or each of the the seven positions in each of the cycles which is like cards one through seven and then eight and then you know to fourteen and uh, what, 15 to 21, um, shows a very nice sequence. It's like the sequence of the seven chakras. If you understand the meaning of the, the perspectives of consciousness or the consciousness, the, the, the nature of the consciousness function associated with each of the seven chakras, you can see how one builds up to two and three and four and there's a there's a very clear progression of expanded consciousness from um, 
non-mental embodiment one up to in infinite, you know, I infinity of unbound awareness seven, or unbound, you know, intelligent infinity seven, uh, from simple, e even pre-conscious embodiment one, like root chakra. And so the sequence of um, the seven chakras so shows that, and the sequence of the seven nodes or cards of each of the three cycles in the tarot, mind, body, spirit, shows a similar, very reasonable, very um, intelligent design, intelligently designed uh, progression of building and building. And so where, you know, uh, that which does the work is one and two, or one, the, the matrix, matrices do the work, uh, depending on their capacity, which is determined by how well they've been potentiated, two, meeting catalyst of any type, three, um, in some res with response, being four, experience, uh, to the extent that there's love light in the response to the catalyst, it's distilled in five significator, it's then um, integrated in the whole being six transformation and then becomes um, the leading uh, becomes the the leading actor in the further development of the complex and the being in seven great way which is sort of taking the show on the road <laughs> the show is um, practiced in one two three four and perfected in five and integrated in six and presented, um, taken on the road or taken as a basis for further development in seven. So that's very interesting, I think. So let's jump in. Book uh, five, Commentary, Law of One, Session 100, starting with Jim's comment, which is short, and then Carla's a little longer. Jim said, in the material from session 100, note how the limit of the viewpoint changes the nature of the answer. Uh, Carla's tendency towards martyrdom, seen from the time-space or metaphysical point of view, is quite helpful in her own evolutionary process. But that same tendency, seen from the space-time or physical point of view, is seen as a tendency which may present difficulties for the services which one wishes to offer during the Incarnation. And so, <clears throat> from session 99, um, asking about the basis of all the troubles, or many of the troubles they were going through, and Carla particularly, Ra, uh, actually it was, about, I think it was um, Jim asking about his anger. Ross said that the real problem, or the source of the distortion, is, quote, the limit of the viewpoint. Viewpoint is view. Um, it's the point or direction of view, which is really the nature of one's view, which, which I think is um, identical to core beliefs. Uh, core beliefs and values. Core values and beliefs. Uh, beliefs about self, self-image, self-view. Beliefs about world, worldview, particularly materialist or spiritualist. You know, material, materialist, nihilist, or spiritual, multidimensional. View about other, um, and therefore all sorts of values and preferences, right? Preferences, what I like, what I don't like, what I want, what I don't want, what I value highly and moderately and devalue, uh, arise out of views of self and world and other. 
therefore proper relation you know or preferred act prefer, preference preference which is the root of <laughs> all sorts of trouble it's also the root of how we evolve preference and desire so desire is the root of suffering in Gautama Buddha his uh, prescription or diagnosis of the problem of humanity or beings in in the in in all phases of all 31 planes remaining retaining desire and therefore um you know attachment and that leads to all sorts of dukkha and suffering and um, stress in mind meanwhile it's also the way that beings evolve through desire and so uh, desires are associated with core with, with core beliefs and values uh, and to the extent that they're distorted they're called limited views limit of the viewpoint so the limit of the viewpoint is basically distorted core beliefs distorted or unhelpful values value you know ways that what we value and prefer and how we think of self and world and other and and our own sense of correct action or prefer preferences that are distorted or not not fully um, love light resonant meaning love wisdom resonant and so the limit of the viewpoint changes the nature of the answer uh, we'll see that later in this session um, and in raw talking about Carla's tendency towards martyrdom uh, you can say the nature of the viewpoint is more or less limited or more or less uh, love wisdom resonant and by our core beliefs and values we make our decisions in the in the world and um, experience consequences accordingly like her tendency towards martyrdom or um, a, a more balanced sense of um, service to other versus taking good care of of oneself without you know in in not in the way of acting to help or self-offering giving to other versus giving to self and so from time space or understanding purpose you know time space is the causal realm in in some esoteric traditions there's a discussion of the causal plane and i never figured it out what they what they're talking about causal c-a-u-s-a-l means of causes very much um, the same as plato's um ideal uh, ideas or platonic form platonic form platonism uh, as associated with understanding the time space basis of space-time manifestation or where you're really coming from or what the deeper causes are that are invisible um, and they may be energy fields of time space indeed or astral tendency that give rise to how we think and, and even our core views or, or you know core core beliefs and uh, values associated with deeper tendencies um, that you know that we're that, that are that represent our habits that are very hard to understand um, in their causal basis and so understanding if you want to heal this you have to find you have to heal the basis of its cause and so um, it's not enough <clears throat> If I'm feeling, I just had a session with somebody, and we're talking about uh, working through certain emotional, mental, emotional process, 
and he was talking about, well, uh, better to just let it go and, you know, see it, reframe it in mind and see it in a different way. And, and that is helpful sometimes, um, but if it doesn't, but I think it's much more helpful to discover, um, to, to allow one's um, pain in mind and understand why I'm feeling this pain rather than try to overwrite it with with a reframed um, mentally based um, positive thinking a form of positive thinking rather to um, go to the root strike the root and um, allow the pain in mind and um, try to understand more deeply how this arose and so for martyrdom uh, from an interview, there, from time-space, one sees the causes. From the metaphysical point of view, one can see how it is useful in our evolutionary process, but that doesn't mean it's, it's uh, not a distortion. <laughs> it's a distortion. It's an imbalance. And imbalance is the way of achieving balance. And so distortion is the way, is the grist for the mill of uh, learning, which leads to freedom from distortion. So you can say, uh, distortion is quite helpful in our evolutionary process. <laughs> but if there, wasn't evolution, if there wasn't distortion, there wouldn't be evolution. But um, distortion also equals pain, like the pain you know, martyrdom causes people uh, where they don't take care of their body and mind enough. So um, it's it as the book 2150 said it's both a failure every failure can be understood as a failure success or every distortion can be seen as an obstruction uh, a fetter or an asava a shrava a defilement or a uh, unhelpful mental formulation and uh, a limited viewpoint that causes pain more pain than less distortion more distortion more pain less distortion less pain so it's a painful mental distortion obstruction confused uh, core belief or set of values or value meanwhile it's the basis of how we learn so ross said something like were there no basis were there no misunderstanding there'd be no basis or no movement to understanding so okay <laughs> You know, no pain, no gain, or gain comes from pain. Um, but I think people need to be very careful about uh, believing that we need to hold distortions or um, overvaluing um, attachment to preference. So, anyway, it's a long... Uh, there's much to say. <laughs> this is just one little paragraph, and I will get myself out of here. Carla says, I had a very hard time with the quote swirling waters from the start. Immersed in that high tub, just big enough to fold myself into, I had to tolerate levels up around my mouth in order for the water to beat on my upper back and neck, which were where the worst of the joints of my spine were. All the claustrophobia I had ever felt was squared by this exercise. It was as much of an act of will and faith as a physical practice. I did find it very comforting. <laughs> so, on the one hand, she says how difficult it was, and then she says it's very comforting. At the time, I was so small, 
wearing pre-teen sizes and weighing around 80 to 85, that I had to wear a weight to hold myself down on the floor of the specially made tub. <clears throat> Otherwise, I floated around. I would, have, I would have no such trouble now, as change of life has rendered me a larger and more mature-looking being. Jim says I used to be a little angel, and now I am a cherub. So I could probably endure this better now, but I find that Jim's massages are the best thing. Water is wonderful, but the healing power of touch cannot be overrated. Shortly after we acquired this therapy tub, I was struck with a sudden and dramatic frenzy of fear. I bolted out of the tub and found myself cowering on the back of one of the sofas, growling at Jim and Don. <clears throat> at the time, I thought it was a psychic greeting, but later Ra confirmed that Don and I had just made a deleterious and complete unity exchange of our mental and emotional natures, and I was experiencing for the first time the degree of alienation and real fear with which he saw this quarrelsome world. He really, really had trouble living on this earth, although one would never have known it from gazing at him. Don was always infinitely cool, but beneath that calm surface was a really difficult and challenging amount of imbalance. How he managed to live here as long as he did is perhaps beyond me to know. <clears throat> so, um, talking about her uh, experience with the... <clears throat> jacuzzi, swirling waters, special bathtub um, to work with her arthritis or joints and um, <clears throat> orthopedic pains, um, going into extreme claustrophobia sometimes. Uh, and the main, I, I'm, the main datum here, I think, is the fact that Jim, that, that Carla and Don had done a kind of magical practice uh, where they exchanged <clears throat> their the, their own dominant um, uh, psycho-spiritual uh, tendencies, psycho-spiritual, psychological, and spiritual tendencies, <clears throat> particular, <clears throat> me, particularly of uh, love versus wisdom, where Carla, you know, could be seen as. Uh, love dominant over wisdom, uh, Don as wisdom dominant over love, and exchanged that, <clears throat> and one result was that she um, had a what looks like a very strong panic attack, or many, um, where uh, she was in extreme terror, um, cowering on the back of the sofas, growling at Jim and Don. That sounds kind of like a straight-up psychotic break <clears throat> to me. And um, I'm, I'm sure the negative entity intensified any distortions of that. Um, but they had made a very uh, real uh, exchange of their uh, relative uh, love-wisdom predominance, uh, or the predominance of love-wisdom distinct in each being exchanged. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this phrase, although no, one would never have known it from gazing at him, no, some people can know it by gazing at him. It is absolutely possible to know the mind from the face and the energy signatures and see auras and see into the mind of others. It's absolutely one would never have known, meaning she didn't know. Uh, it was beyond me to know, she said, how he managed to live as long as he did. It's knowing is always possible. If you're a Buddha, <laughs> you know it all. You're a know-it-all. And so 
don't ever say no one knows. Actually, some ones always know. Some ones know everything. We may know more and more and more. And it's not a helpful thing to say no one could have known. Yeah, some people know all the things that we don't know. And uh, we surely can know the mind of others profoundly by just gazing. So I wouldn't say I don't, you know, Carla is, is saintly, um, but I think that there's a problem with that perspective. One would never have known it by gazing at him. She means that she couldn't know it from her interactions with him. And that's perhaps because she was so strongly, you know, love, martyr, so, you know, self-offering focused. And <clears throat> um, that you can understand also that the results of this uh, deleterious and complete or relatively complete unity exchange of mental emotional natures or mind-spirit transfer, mental-spiritual energy transfer, um, affects the rest of the sessions from 100 to 106. And that dynamics uh, consequent to that exchange uh, are in play now. Uh, so things were getting very intense for them. Um, 100, zero, the greeting. I am Ra. I greet you, my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. First question about Carla. Don asks, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Ross says, it is as previously stated, with the exception of the vital energy distortion, which leans more towards strength, weakness, than the last asking, meaning stronger than before. And um, one can wonder why Ra always puts, um, unifies polarities. You know, there's a lot of semantic polarity unification unifying polarity like strength weakness in their semantics or their words um, because every every polarity or every, you know is polarity the two or each of the two well it's both um, each each side of a polarity uh, embodies or carries with it um, in in its metaphysical nature, not necessarily manifestation, but its its essential holistic nature is both physical and manifest physical and manif and metaphysical, or apparent and essential, or um, resultant, consequential, apparent, manifest, and causal. Right, the causal is time space, and the apparent is space time, and so the apparent the appearance is greater strength. Um, meanwhile, because it represents one uh, point of a polarity, one one uh, unit in a dyad, in a in a pair of strength weakness, uh, its its um, opposite complement uh, also exists in a in a non-manifest way, and so then that goes into all sorts of very deep understanding of psychology. <laughs> And um, persona versus, um, you know, shadow, the, the persona in light and the shadow uh, hidden behind. Um, any kind of distorted uh, psychodynamic um, always masks, always in general, or in general masks, um, its complement, its, its complementary uh, opposite 
pole or point uh, in the subconscious. 100.2, now we go back to personal material. Don says thank you and says the instrument asks if there is some problem with the swirling waters since she feels very dizzy after each application. Could Ra comment on that please? Yes, Ra says. And so Ra will now comment on it in 103 after Don asks for that further. And uh, we'll see the linkage to what Carla wrote in the earlier uh, commentary here. Ross said, as has been previously noted, the instrument has the propensity for attempting to exceed its limits. If one considers the metaphysical or time-space aspect of an incarnation, this is a fortunate and efficient use of catalyst, as the will is constantly being strengthened and, further, if the limitations are exceeded in the service of others, the polarization is also most efficient. However, we perceive the query to speak to the space-time portion of the incarnational experience, and in that framework would again ask the instrument to consider the value of martyrdom. The instrument may examine its range of reactions to the swirling waters, meaning the jacuzzi. It will discover a correlation between it and other activity. When the so-called aerobic exercise is pursued, no less than three of your hours, and preferably five of your hours, should pass betwixt it and the swirling waters. So when the so-called aerobic exercise is pursued, no less than three of your hours, meaning three or more, and preferably five of your hours, uh, should pass or uh, there should pass betwixt it, meaning that that aerobic exercise and the swirling waters uh, okay sorry when the so-called aerobic exercise is pursued comma <laughs> meaning when she's doing aerobic exercise no less than three and preferably five hours should pass between it meaning the aerobic exercise and swirling waters meaning jacuzzi so it's when the aerobic exercise is pursued when she's doing it, there should be a space between that and jacuzzi of three or five hours. When the walking has been accomplished, a period of no less than, we believe, 40 of your minutes must needs transpire before the swirling waters and preferably twice that amount of your, of your space time. It is true that some greeting has encouraged the dizziness felt by the instrument. However, its source is largely the, the determination of the instrument to remain immersed in the swirling waters past this period of space-time it may abide therein without exceeding its physical limits. So, <laughs> as the group gets more complicated in their own interpersonal dynamics and their process becomes um, difficult, Ra's language <laughs> also seems to become more difficult and convoluted. So, uh, the interesting, there are a couple of interesting points here. As Jim had noted, the distinction between um, value, um, the, the, the value of a distortion, the value of what we call a distortion, what, what in space-time here in the physical dimension seems to be distorted thought and action. Uh, from the time-space metaphysical perspective may be seen as very valuable and important and helpful. And so um, she has this tendency to exceed her limits, any limits, body, mind, emotion, anything. Um, that's associated with martyrdom. It's associated with uh, love over wisdom or excessive love 
giving, surrender, total being offering, versus the wisdom that seeks um, careful, balanced um, response, meaning response to the needs of the situation or what the other needs and what her body might need. But that particular distortion or tendency, uh, considered in its metaphysical time-space um, reality, is Ra calls fortunate and efficient use of catalyst in one way, as her will is constantly being strengthened. Okay, so is simply the tendency to exceed one's limits and push um, could be called, or is here being called, a fortunate and efficient use of catalyst. So, okay, the efficient use of catalyst is the, you know, distillation of love light from catalyst, meaning fashioning experience uh, of love light or with love wisdom, responding to catalyst or challenges or opportunities for action in a way that helps us continue to evolve. That's called an efficient use of catalyst. Meanwhile, this you know, so her tendency to exceed her limits here from the spiritual perspective, time space, is an efficient use of catalyst, but it leads to more trouble on the physical plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's efficient in its metaphysical um, product or metaphysical process can be seen as efficient use of catalyst because will is, is constantly being strengthened. Okay, so she has a real, real strong will. That's good, yeah. But also... Um, there are challenges that it leads to in space-time. So, number one, uh, one can be considered to make uh, efficiencies of catalyst by uh, activity that uh, leads to further trouble in body-mind in the space-time situation, yet develops uh, importantly qualities of our being and that can be seen in time-space. And the second value in time space was exceeding limitations in service to others. Um, it really means in activity, in help, in direct helping uh, association with others, then um, that makes greater polarization. And it's almost like, you know, there, there is service to others that is associated with um, solitary activity. There's service to others that can be activity that's associated with interpersonal dynamic, and these terms are uh, thrown around a little sloppy. Though, um, if one is doing meditation uh, and and purifying lower chakra blockage by, let's say, meditating on the Brahma Viharas and sending love light to all beings, is that not continuing on the surf path of service to others? Of course, it is. It's on the positive path. It's developing the seven chakras. And is it not service to other? Of course it is. It's not physical service, but it's metaphysical service. And so to say that um, if um, limitations are exceeded in the service of others, then there's continued positive polarization. Well, you can say that um, any kind of activity uh, of... Um, purification of the seven rays is service to others, whether or not it's it's interactive physically with others, and therefore continuous polarization. However, it gets very complicated, and there are certain things I don't understand here, like um, uh, 
less distorted, uh, you know, reducing distortion that doesn't lead to polarization or, you know, polarization that doesn't lead to harvestability. And so it gets very complicated and subtle, though. One can use catalyst efficiently and develop the will metaphysically and yet become more distorted physically <laughs> and also more distorted in, in interpersonal relations. And so you can develop the will and become more distorted. You can um, exceed limitations in service to others and uh, make more efficient polarization or somehow purify the seven rays and yet end up more distorted physically and mentally as well. So then it's a kind of a mixed situation. And so um, Ra's, you know, th this is sort of um, a mixed uh, a mixed bounty um, where there is possibly increased polarization or development on seven of the seven rays and the strengthening of a core function of being called will, yet uh, increasing distortions as well in body-mind. And uh, she almost died a few times. So it's all very subtle here. Um, and Ra was basically saying, well, okay, you're really asking about um, what's going on with her in physical also. And Ra is saying, let's look again at martyrdom. And there, there is a problem <laughs> with martyrdom, even if it helps, even if this uh, tendency can help develop will or lead to greater polarization to some degree. Um, she really needs to want um, uh, take more time resting after exercise before the hot tub. Um, she in also needs to take more rest between um, walking and the hot tub. <laughs> so they're really complicated here. Obviously, her dizziness and everything was intensified by the negative entity. Um, but she kept exceeding physical limits, and that, that is definitely a recipe for further ill health. Um, Ra didn't talk about the um, exchange of love-wisdom, that kind of um, metaphysical transfer that, that Carla and Don did. They didn't talk about that right yet here. 100.4. Um, Don says thank you, and goes on to material that was in beige, background from re-listened version, which is uh, distinct from, it, it, it shows a significant difference than the original, or I think it wasn't in the original. Don says, I feel obligated to ask the next somewhat transient question because of a request from Colonel Stevens. That's Wendell Stevens, who was a friend of Don. He was a very important UFO researcher. I also, for my own edification, would like to better understand the effect of the quarantine and first distortion, law of free will, would Ra comment on the purpose of the so-called Pleiadian contact in Switzerland with Billy Meyer, an entity known as Semyase and others, like um, Asket. Asket looks like somebody I know very well. Um, Ra says, It is not our practice to judge the value of a contact of metaphysical origin. We cannot confirm the contact referred to by the questioner as pure confederation contact. However, we might suggest that there is some positive material within the recorded transcript of converse during this contact, meaning conversation, as we have spoken previously to the various characteristics of so-called mixed contact 
we shall not repeat, but note that all communication is from the one infinite creator in its infinite distortions. And then, is it all right for Colonel Stevens to receive the information Ra just gave us? Ra said, we find this information to be confirmation of already perceived ideas, therefore permission is freely given. So Wendell Stevens already had some sense that there's some problem with the so-called Pleiadian contact with Billy Meyer. Um, I could see that too, or I think it's reasonable, <clears throat> because there is... Um, there is a little bit of a doom and gloom aspect, and Billy Meyer himself is a complicated guy, and may not have actually, um, uh, not all of what's called a transcript from the Pleiadians may in fact be a transcript from the Pleiadians. Some of it may be Billy Meyer's personal additions, and Ross seems to indicate this is a mixed contact, meaning positive and negative, mixed orientation contact, orientation of a transmission source, mixed being mm, positive negative being confederation uh, versus Orion or both involved somewhat and so there may well be um, I mean I think it's a valid contact but not everything in the transcript is from the Pleiadians <laughs> and so and that that has nothing to do with other sources like uh, Barbara Marciniak and all sorts of folks that think they're channeling the Pleiadians and uh, are also obviously mixed contacts and somewhat a little bit more uh, <laughs> troublesome, problematic even than the Meyer contact, I think. But uh, there is a lot to be said for the Billy Meyer contact and a lot of interesting material there. But indeed, uh, there seems to be some significant distortions of different type in the transcript. So there's some positive material within the recorded transcript, but it's a mixed contact. Uh, Rod didn't want to judge it. Um, they basically said it's not pure. They basically, by not confirming it as pure confederation contact, is <laughs> indirectly confirming or, or suggesting it's impure confederation contact, and that's the mixed contact. So let the buyer beware. And then they go back to the default understanding that all communication is of the one infinite creator is of the one in its infinite distortions. <laughs> so creation is the manifestation of infinite distortion of the one infinite creator. But um, distortion, it's the true nature of distortion is its source, <laughs> one infinite creator or inf infinity. And so form is emptiness and um, uh, the apparent um, is a veil uh, upon the essential. Uh, God is where? Where is God not? Where is intelligent infinity not? Uh, it's obviously still here, uh, in or um, with or um, essentially continually expressive, in form, out of form, despite form, form meaning the things of creation and all distortions. So. Uh, infinite distortions um, is the expression or is a limited perception view uh, uh, we have now of intelligent infinity expressing itself in seven rays. Uh, okay, 100.6. Um, <clears throat> we're moving into the Tarot section now. Don again says thank you. 
and uh, begins and says, to continue with the tarot, I would like to make the additional observation with respect to card six, and that's transformation of mind, that the male's arms are being crossed. If the female to his right pulls on his left hand, it would cant or tilt, in effect turn him, his entire body, toward the right, and the same is true for the female on the left. Pulling on his right hand, she will turn his entire body to her side, which is my interpretation of what's meant by the tangle of the arms. It's really crossing arms. That the transformation occurs by pull, which attempts to turn the entity toward the left or right-hand path. Would Ra comment on that observation? It's an interesting observation. The um, character um, at the crossroads, uh, transformation of card of mind card six, sometimes I think it's called lovers, uh, if his crossed arms are pulled one way or the other, he's directly pulled towards um, either female figure on either of the positive, either of the two paths. Uh, and so this position um, where mind has distilled love light already from uh, by a potentiated mind um, making use of catalyst fashioning experience, uh, feeding the significators, um, de- you know, development of, of uh, love light and, and its greater uh, beingness, uh, with its transformation comes uh, choosing of paths, and the crossed arms also, at certain level, um, show that the 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 adept, or this nodal point, um, is not reaching out, but being reached to by the two muses or characters on either path that it may choose. Anyway, Ra will comment on this. Ra said, we shall, meaning comment on that observation, we shall, the concept of the pull towards mental polarity may well be examined in the light of what the student has already accreted concerning the nature of the conscious, exemplified by the male, and the unconscious, exemplified by the female. Indeed, both the prostituted and the virginal of deep mind invite and await the reaching. In this image of transformation of mind, card six, then, each of the females points the way it would go, but is not able to move nor are the two female entities striving to do so. They are at rest. The conscious entity holds both and will turn itself one way or the other, or potentially backwards and forwards, rocking first one way, then the other, and not achieving the transformation. In order for the transformation of mind to occur, one principle governing the use of the deep mind must be abandoned. It is to be noted that the triangular shape formed by the shoulders and crossed elbows of consciousness is a shape to be associated with transformation. Indeed, you may see this shape echoed twice more in the image, each echo having its own riches to add to the impact of this concept of complex of concepts. So each of the cards can be called a concept complex, a complex of concepts. Complex, I mean, concepts themselves are complex. And this is a composite of multiple concepts, each of which is, conce- is complex. It's a complex of complex concepts. And that's what all concepts are. 
in Buddhism they're called samskara, or um, fermentations or fashionings, uh, conditional, volitional compounds, volitional fermented composites, mental. And, and you see, it's very interesting, um, we're talking about mental polarity. In some, at some level, the uh, distinction of the two paths, right, which, you know, right path, left-hand path, um, is all in your mind. It's a mentally fashioned conceptualization of um, necessary polarity and, and the values uh, and the, you know, activities, um, preferences and values that are associated with one's conceptualization mentally uh, of uh, their own chosen path of polarity. And that's called mental polarity. And so the law of one or sixth density higher self is beyond polarity. It's not a seeking self. It's a unified self. It's not a self having choice. In fact, the crystallized healer has no will. He's not choosing um, because... um, perception of duality gives way to perception of unity. And uh, it's just a point to be noted that the reason that Buddhists call um, the way or the path a pathless path, as I wrote, you know, as it was a YouTube talks about the pathless path, why a pathless path? How pathless? How is the path pathless? Meaning, how is... Um, the very real work of seven-ray mind-body-spirit total self-transformation or total vehicle, octave vehicle, seven chakras, seven energy fields, mind-body-spirit, beingness, totality complex with higher self and seven density, that whole complex of uh, sentient energy fields, uh, how is its transformation a pathless path? (laughs) <laughs> because uh, the nature of path is a mental formulation, is just another samskara. There is no path. There is no f- fruit. But in some way, um, there really is work. <laughs> the mental is illusory, and that's why it's called um, a pathless path, because it isn't a substantial path, but it's a sense of path. It's a conceptualization um, of what's needed to do real work. The work is real, no matter how it's conceived. I mean, as real as the as real as the octave, the work of evolution is real. It's uh, you can say apparently real and essentially empty, or essentially infinite and only apparently finite, or conceptually um, uh, real or useful but trans-conceptually, you know, <laughs> uh, a face of infinity, okay, but at some level, uh, polarity itself is a dream. That's why Ross said there, there is no polarity, there's no paradox in the law of one. No paradox, polarity, because from the perspe- perspective of unified self or unity awareness, um, mental, mentalism is seen as illusory. And duality is based in mentalism, is based on samskara, is based on uh, samskara or uh, ignorance-based mental fashioning, right? It's the fifth skanda 
consciousness um, forming concept fourth skanda samskara or mental fermentations concepts mentalism uh, consciousness arising out of ignorance generating thought forms or mental activity out of, based out of ignorance uh, mentalism of all forms which is which is you know our conceptions of the path what is the path but it but our conception of it well that's why it's a pathless path but the real but the work that's done on the seven rays is transconceptual so doing doing transconceptual metaphysical work uh, making use of illusory conceptual view and framework that's why Gautama called the whole thing of a, a raft to be abandoned the whole teaching is a raft its relative view I mean or its view that is all relative but it helps in doing real work or you know as real as love light is is love light real it's the first distortion I mean you know love light arises out of the first distortion therefore it's distortion therefore uh, love light is illusory the octave is illusory <laughs> okay fine but to get out of this illusory love light configuration of the octave um, uh, a conception of a mental path is needed and that's therefore the basis of the sense of the two paths of polarity meanwhile it's all mental and that's the, that's the explanation of two words in the first paragraph called mental polarity yeah um, it's a dream and yet um, some forms of dreaming are very helpful uh, in the process of waking up and so uh, that's called right view <laughs> right view is helpful dreaming to move out of dreaming um, meanwhile the dream and the reality are inseparable the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable so waking up from the dream is waking up to here not there it's waking up to the nature of this now not something else so okay uh, so the pull towards mental polarity which is what is going on here with the character and the two female figures um, going which way um, valuing which path examining in terms of the uh, what we've already learned in terms of what is the uh, subconscious the nature of the conscious and the unconscious so the male is the conscious mind the female are the two tendencies that um, one may choose betwixt in terms of relation to the subconscious and in, therefore in terms of path the two paths can be seen and this is oh super duper heavy the two paths grow out of a polarized um, way of relating of the conscious mind to the subconscious um, how you how we relate to deep mind is the basis of which path we're on and the way we relate to others obviously is an outgrowth of how we relate to ourself what is our self our self means what's beyond the conscious mind what is yourself well it's conscious mind and all that's not conscious and so the the primary relationship is you and you which is really the conscious mind and everything else about you that you're not conscious of the you know vast realm of the unconscious and so the vast realm of unconscious uh, is our primary partner <laughs> you as conscious mind and all the rest of you that you don't know about that is uh, we call our uh, unconscious how we relate to that 
determines our path. And we relate to the subconscious uh, in the way it, it ultimately as the basis of how we relate to other people. And therefore, the basis of relationality or the, the polarized nature, uh, the polarized uh, options for relation, for relationality, for relationship between conscious mind and subconscious, between being one self and another self, is the way, is the choice of path. Um, is a manifestation of the choice of path and determines the choice of path. And so male, conscious mind, female, subconscious, they're two different options, the prostituted and the virginal. They're two different uh, ways of relating to the deep mind. Um, they're two different sets of tendencies in the deep mind, too. Um, both options uh, invite and await the reaching of the conscious mind, uh, self-potentiating, actually. Meanwhile, his arms are crossed. So each of the females points the way it would go, meaning the conscious mind where it would go. The one on the right, you know, let's just take it from his perspective. To his right, the one on his right points to the right. <laughs> the one on his left points to the left, saying... Um, each of these females or each of these options for how to be with the subconscious or be with oneself or use deep mind each points its own way but <clears throat> we're saying it's not able to move um, nor are the two females striving to do so they're not trying to move, they're standing um, the figure in the middle seems to be standing and not striving or at rest is indeed at rest as well um, the conscious entity holds both, so he's holding on to both. He has connection to both ways of, of, of being, both forms, both of the choices of mental polarity, both options for mental polarity, and way of being with deep mind. Um, it will, he will, conscious mind can choose one or alternate between both, turn, what, turn itself one way or the other, or backwards and forwards, or rocking and uh, moving from one to the other. So there are many options, what he or the conscious mind wishes to do, in terms of the post-love-light distillation uh, way of conduct, how to live when one has uh, some awareness of um, one's uh, power. Right, Love-light distillation of the significator, <clears throat> or the integration of love light or higher chakra activations associated with, uh, you know, efficient use of catalyst, what are you going to do with it? Uh, well, we always have these two choices. Um, and it's really whether we wish to proceed in love, love, wisdom, balance, or not. Um, and so there are all sorts of options transformation can be achieved or not but one has to follow one path or one has a have a unified set of values a unified a kind of um, clear set of values and priorities what do you really value do you value uh, moral morality moral behavior moral you know living which really means harmlessness um, in service of of others and self meaning I want to help others and myself, or help myself and others both, or not, or only me. <clears throat> and so 
for the transformation of mind to occur, one principle governing use of what deep mind. So, right, the two, the path, the two options of path, the two paths, are principles governing the use of deep mind. That determine uh, that are associated with our values, and therefore govern also our conduct with others or our activity in the world. But one of them has to be abandoned, and that so the path demands renunciation. The path demands continual rejection. Again, again, again. No, 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 no. To what? Well, to what is not of my path. And that doesn't mean rejecting a person. It means rejecting what isn't of the way of love, wisdom, balance. <clears throat> That's vairagya in uh, understanding of Buddhism, Hinduism, vairagya, critical. Uh, renunciation, continue renunciation, and again, Shiva is the god of yogis in the Brahmanical system. So, uh, of the three devas, or three gods, uh, Shiva, god of destruction, is the god of yogis, because the spiritual path involves a whole lot of abandonment and rejection and renunciation and letting go. And so, that's another matter. One has to have wisdom. One can't let go well with love over wisdom. <laughs> One can't, you know, love over wisdom, martyrdom tendency, um, has a certain kind of renunciation to it, um, but one needs to renounce, renounce martyrdom. <laughs> After one, you know, has achieved martyrdom capacity, capacity to be a good martyr, meaning to give all for other, uh, or to give all in service of a goal, one has to be able to renounce that too. Um, meaning renounce the belief that that's the only way to go. That that's the highest and best way to go always. Because that isn't so. It isn't the best way to go always because it <laughs> can be deficient in wisdom. And so one needs wisdom to realize its deficiency in wisdom to renounce uh, attachment to martyrdom. So finally... Ross saying, the triangular shape formed by shoulders and crossed elbows of consciousness of the conscious mind here, the male figure, is a shape to be associated with transformation, right? Triangularity, Trinitarianism, triadism, threeness, threeness, uh, triangularity, Trinitarianism is the shape of creativity, you know? One is two um is ref two reflects and three acts. So the law of free will one um, is the hub uh, of the of the wheel. Um, two, the law of love relates is essentially relational. It's the spoke that goes from the hub to the rim in the wheel. It's essentially bridge bridging relational relationally bridging and 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 relate you know it, the principle of relationality uh, is of two while beingness and um, transcendence actually <laughs> immanence transcendence is of one which is unmoving and then three is um, is um, pure movement and associated with transformation creativity mercury it's the creative it's the seed number, the the, the uh, seed of creative activity. Three, 
it's the law of intelligent activity or the the ray of uh, intelligent activity in the Bailey system of uh, seven rays. And so three is a very important number. Um, it's um, the relational activity of what is. Um, what is one um, beginning relational activity or relational bridging, relational, relationality, relationalism begins and that um, manifests as transformation three. So anyway, this shape is echoed twice more and you can see that, that triangular shape um, that the uh, conscious mind stands upon and the two female figures um, can be seen standing themselves on another triangle. There probably are other triangles. In fact, the um, the strange creature in the sh in the sun has some triangles too. So there's a lot of that. Now I think that's where we'll end for today. And next time we actually jump into great way of mind. And as um, Ra gets more complicated, I get more complicated, and the group gets more intensive, aware, intensively aware, uh, as we approach the end of the raw sessions or raw contact. Next time we'll pick it up at 100.7 and finish session 100 and go into Great Way of Mind, card 7. And I hope this has been helpful. And um, please take good care of yourselves. Um, see you next time and good night.